With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Years ago, H.G. Wells visualized roads such as these in his science fiction fantasies. And today they're a reality. You're listening to The Afternoon Commute. You need to go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. You can go buy the books, buy the DVDs, buy the seeds, buy the water filters, buy the T-shirts. Support me. I'm not afraid of saying it. I want your money, okay? Because I'm going to use that money as fuel in the InfoWar to fight the New World Order, okay? Because supporting Donald Trump is fighting the New World Order, folks. You have to understand that, Okay. I've been, I've been privy to information behind the scenes, folks. Donald Trump is as real as it gets. Okay. Well, I like the fact that he can't be bought and paid for. He's already incredibly filthy rich, and he's he's got billions in the bank, and 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 we can always count on a guy like that. You know, I I, I think that he can identify with us. I've I've heard tell that he he he's wore blue jeans before. And I, I even heard that he's wear he's wore flannel shirts. So I, I don't know what's wrong with Trump. I, I don't I don't see any problem with with him. I, I think that he he represents uh, core Republican values. And and like I said, he, you know, even if he just says he does, I think that's better than than having Democrat in there. I I really do, Alex. And I I, I appreciate you supporting Trump. And I, I think he's he's a good guy. Yes, I, I didn't realize you were still on the air there, caller. I appreciate the signal to John Bowne there in uh, Minnesota to go ahead and let the uh, caller go. Uh, thank you, uh, sir. I, I appreciate that. And uh, all right, thank, thanks, Alex. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I appreciate you and uh, appreciate all your hard work you do for supporting the the ideas of uh, the liberty and the and the and the and the powder wig man and all that. And that's that's real good of you. And I, I appreciate that. This caller is a great example of someone who gets it, folks, okay? Someone who understands what patriotism is, what liberty is, what freedom is, okay? And if we can get back to the Founding Fathers, we can get back to the Constitution and not have these sick, scumbag, liberal pieces of trash running my life, then we can get back and take this republic back. Do you understand? Ugh. 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 Ooh, yeah. Oh, I'm feeling pumped up today. I went down to Martin Springs and I swam two miles right before I came and did this radio program. Ugh. Man, I'm alive. I can feel the freedom right now. Oh, it is on. It is on. Ooh. Woo. We're going to go to a break. After we return, uh, we will have... Uh, We'll take more phone calls at uh, 1-800-259-9231, 1-800-259-9231. We'll get you up and on the air. It's the Alex Jones Show.
Stay tuned. (laughs) Like everything you said, that that's like really what Alex Jones is. That that is like pretty much on point what he's saying now, huh? I mean, yeah, as as outrageous. It's it's good work. It's good that we're going to have a conversation about this because I actually did want to have a conversation with you about this because we've both been Alex Jones listeners for uh, many years. And Chris, I'm going to guess that in all the years of you listening to Alex Jones, that you've heard one, two, or three of the uh, of what I'm going to say here. Have you ever heard him say that Al Qaeda was not real? Yeah, multiple right. times. Yeah, of course. So a lie. Have you ever heard him say that the government runs Al Qaeda? Yeah, he's pointed out too that uh, during the so-called Cold War and all that nonsense, that uh, it, that whole thing of Al Qaeda and uh, and the radicalization of the Muslims and all that stuff was a CIA project, and the, it was supposedly uh, under the auspices of keeping us safe from the evil commie takeover in uh, the Middle East and uh, and, and yeah, I point all that out. Right, under yeah, the Mujahideen, the big Brzezinski's over there right. uh, leading the whole thing. They got the pictures of them and everything and um, yeah, so it's it's a created entity, it's a created Pokemon, it's fake. Right? Yeah. He said that for years. That, that's probably where you learned about that from. That's where I learned about it from by watching or, uh, his videos and listening to his radio show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever heard him say that um, uh, that there is a right-left paradigm that both parties do not matter because in the big scope of things, it's a bird with the, you know, Two wings of the same bird. Yeah, I've heard him say that. And I've—I I don't know if you can attest to this, but I have actually heard him say this. And I—I I, I posted this on a comment on Hulkbusters the other day in a response to uh, something that uh, our good buddy the uh, Lion uh, put up there. And that was that I've actually heard Jones talk about Donald Trump and call him a crook who throws old ladies out of their houses. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard I've heard him rant, rant about Donald Trump in the past, like Donald Trump coming out and saying, you know, uh, things in the past. Jones going off on a jag about how big of a crook Donald Trump was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting a couple of years ago when... Joseph Farah materialized on the Alex Jones show as, as a regular guest as well. Uh-huh. Be- because for years on end, I can remember going to uh, World Net Daily, going over to World Net Daily and um, seeing them ignore Ron Paul just like everybody else ignored Ron Paul. Right? Right. And I would see people commenting on, on uh, like, you know, I would see uh, people over there. And I remember the reason I got hip to this, because Jones pointed that out. He said, you know, uh, you know, I think World Net Daily has some really good articles. Jerome Corsi put some stuff up there. Uh, but 
they are ignoring Ron Paul just like the rest of the media. And so, of course, you go you go over there, you, you check it out, and uh, they are ignoring Ron Paul. Of course, when he had Joseph Fair on years later, and Joseph Fair became his buddy, he never called him out on ignoring Ron Paul. Um, it just kind of got brushed over, just like um, when Trump said in the Jones interview the other day that uh, Osama bin Laden was the one who committed 9-11. <laughs> Jones just agreed with him. He just said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. So we are seeing a merging of the mainstream patriot movement with the Tea Party type Republican. Yeah, well, like I was, we were talking about before when he had uh, David Duke, and then he had a very uh, out out of out of character interview with. David Duke, because he never interrupted David Duke, and usually Alex Jones is going to interrupt a guest at least every other sentence, you know. (laughs) And and that was, well, I mean, and then we talked about, too, how Alex Jones has this, has listener, a a listener base that comprises different kind of ideologies, and one of them is... um, Something that I picked up on a long time ago, listen to GCN and uh, people like Joyce Riley, Captain Joyce Riley and Dave Von Kleiss and uh, and some different uh, characters that were on GCN. And they were always saying stuff, even if not directly and overtly, that was suggestive of, of uh, white nationalism and the Christian identity movement. And that that is has a lot of. Uh, commonality at least with uh, David Duke and 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 I'm sure that a lot of those people that tune into Jones have those ideas and so like a lot of the stuff that David Duke says definitely would resonate with those people you know yeah absolutely and and the other thing is is like if you're listening to mainstream conservative radio which Jones now has Michael Savage on regularly which uh, do you recall, Chris? Here, here's another ask. Ask Chris. Do you recall him um, bashing Michael Savage back in the day? Yeah. Well, he would point yeah. out that you know his real name is Michael Weiner, and that he was uh, formerly quote unquote a, a radical leftist activist, and um, and he, and he would write yeah. gay love poems. Remember, Jones used to always say that. Gay love poems, right? And uh, to, to, to Allen Ginsberg. To Allen Ginsberg. Oh shit! Yeah, right. And then, uh, um, yeah, I was promoting radical left leftist ideology and uh, you know open homosexuality and uh, that that type of thing. Yeah, Michael Michael Weiner. Yeah, that's what that's what he would uh, that's what he would constantly say. Somebody would call in. And this this is funny because I was talking about this the other day with uh, Aaron Franz. Um, after we uh, after we did his uh, podcast, how 
Jones and Savage probably have like a like a WWF relationship because you would go tune into or, or like. I remember you would hear uh, listeners call in all the time and say, oh, you should have heard what Michael Savage said about you today, right? Uh-huh. So then I would I would go, you know, like a good little listener, I would go and tune into Michael Savage and hear what he would say, and then callers would always call in, like, like defending Jones to him, and he would go on a rant bashing Jones. Uh-huh. So they were quite aware of each other back in the day, um, enough to where they were each bashing each other. Yeah. And so, um, so, but now they're the best of friends. And, and, uh, people like, uh, over, I think maybe a year or two years ago when he first had him on and people were like up in arms, like going, what are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> He's having, he's having Michael Savage on. Uh-huh. And um, he, his, his thing is, his thing always comes back to this. Every time somebody questions somebody, you know, appearing on a show or him siding with some new, uh, some new face, you know, folks, look, behind the scenes, Michael Savage hates New World Order and is fighting the New World Order, folks. <laughs> He, that's just what he says about everybody. Everybody's fighting the new world order. So, um, yeah. So the so the what what you and I were discussing uh, the other day, um, just in a casual conversation, was that the narrative of the Muslims are real; they're committing real terror attacks, but the liberal government is letting them do it. Is a narrative that can simultaneously appeal to patriots you know, or 9-11 truthers, and at the same time appeal to Tea Party Republicans. And and this is like a, looks to me like some sort of strategy, like, you know, because, I mean, the narrative is so far removed from what Jones used to talk about. It's like, it's like you're listening to a mainline conservative talk radio show. Yeah, like Rush Limbaugh or uh, Sean Hannity or something. Yeah. 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 So, so, so it's so like off base, but then it's mixed in with, you know, it's mixed in with seeds and water filters and, um, you know, that the, you know, the federal reserve is, you know, private. Yeah. Well, that's what we talked about with the founding of the John Birch society. And then, uh, early Patriot radio that was mainly regulated to shortwave before the uh, internet uh, streaming became, you know, prominent. And uh, yeah, you had the same general outline or the same general uh, narrative that was being uh, promulgated. Uh, Yeah. Way back then, I think as man, how far does it go back? I'm not exactly sure, but I know it goes back. Some, 60s, some decades, 50s, 60s. late, late, late fifties, sixties. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you, you know what else is interesting too, is like guys like Glenn Beck sell seeds and water filters now. Did you know that? And gold. I know that he sold gold. I, I know. I, I, I never heard him hawking uh, seeds, but that's yeah, he, me. Uh, 
Yeah, he he's he is basically Alex Jones, like like Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck even tries to sound like Alex Jones now. Yeah, it's like uh like the dialectic, this the synthesis between the uh, what would be considered sort of far right fringe into the mainstream, and and then now you see the uh, melding of of it together uh, in a really bizarre way. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is it is bizarre, absolutely completely and totally bizarre world. And then on top of that is uh, is the terror that we you know that we've discussed that you, myself and uh, you know we've, we discussed with Jay Dyer on a monthly basis because we have these monthly fake events or that uh, you know people over at uh, fakeologists talk about or you know different things. You that gets completely and totally ignored. That angle is completely and totally ignored across the board. Across the board on 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 all Patriot radio shows. Well, even on you know the overwhelming majority of quote unquote alternative media, it's it's something that it's not even hardly ever hinted at if it is it's sort of like a it, it, it is it is framed as sort of like a, a an anomaly or something that is uh oh yeah we may see something like this from time to time but uh you know i'm trying to sound like james corbett but yeah it, you know how yeah, yeah, it's not something that is. Uh, it, it's not something that's a common practice, you know. You you do you do sound like James Corbett a little bit. Are, are you trying to? Are you are you copying his? Are you trying to pull Glenn back with James Corbett? Well, that's the trend, right? So if I can, if I can, if I can in, inflect the type of of speech patterns that James Corbett would um, normally use in his, his talks, I could probably uh, maybe glean some of his listeners. Perhaps. I don't know if I, (laughs) well, the other thing too, is like someone like James Corbett, uh, who I've emailed before, but he's never responded to my emails. Um, when, When he does a report on how, there's media when, and and even calls his report media fakery, and yeah. then like then doesn't even talk about media fakery. <laughs> he talks about like babies being dumped out of incubators, and that's you know uh, that's his that's his version of media fakery, right? Yeah, which was uh, well, I, I guess that's a pretty good example. I mean, that's just sort of a story made up out of whole cloth, and then. Uh, put it put out there in those you know so-called congressional hearings and all that nonsense but uh it, yeah that's that well actually actually that's um quite a bit different from a staged and managed event that's televised and then uh reported as as if it's real and really happening but yeah that's that's something that is if it does happen according to the alternative media, then it, it is a it, it is an anomaly, and that it's an example of 
where something uh, slipped under the radar, under the scrutiny of the of the press, and somehow got reported as real when it wasn't really real. Right. Yeah. It's um, and then also we're crazy kooks, you know, for even suggesting the possibility, which uh, which which is funny because. I actually like some things that like Tom Secker talks about. Yeah. But then he goes out of his way to bash people as crazy conspiracy theorists because they believe, they believe quote unquote, believe stuff is fake. Right. And, and so there's other, there's other folks across the quote unquote Patriot slash alternative media spectrum who, uh, bash it. And it's just funny because it is literally engaging in logical fallacy to to be able to go and dismiss something out of hand as crazy, ad hominem. Yeah, appeal to uh, incredulity, or basically, or or setting up a uh, false dichotomy where it's oh, well, you think everything is fake. I can't buy into that idea. You know, it's, uh, everything is not fake. It's like, well, I, well, well it, what, what it means, what it means is, is you have something invested, you're invested in a belief. And then by, by looking into this one thing may cause you to question, you know, something that may lead you to question something else that you've invested in. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at in the aggregate, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, you can you can uh, take note of the fact that if somebody has kind of made it their uh, sort of uh, uh, part of their you know talking points and their analysis of you know media events. And then you want to introduce the concept that, uh, you know, most likely that uh, a lot of these high profile events, probably most of or I would say even uh, anything that is being heavily promulgated, uh, like an, an event or a shooting or something that is getting heavy media coverage is most likely a stage managed control narrative post event for 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 some very specific reasons. And, and it's not just to it invoke that because uh, uh, there's been so much evidence of it before. So that's not, that's not what it is. That's, I think there's um, a lot that bears uh, that, that, that supports that idea. But if you're going to be like a news analyzer or news commentator or something like that, you, you get it, you get into an area where, uh, you, you can't really go into the different implications of something if you're, uh, you know, along the lines of what a lot of people talk about, you know, you can't, it doesn't, that doesn't lend itself to a lot of, uh, explanatory power if you're talking about something that's, um, staged and hoax. So like, in other words, you know, you're, you, you know, a, a lot of what you hear is, well, yeah, the, you know, these people are on psychotropic drugs and the psychotropic drug, and then that's a talking point, see, and then that's kind of like this investment into, uh, not to say that psychotropic drugs are good, but, 
um, it, you know, once that becomes sort of a, no, a, a talking but, point, you see what I mean? It's like a, it's but a, the, psych- the psychotropic drug thing reinforces the idea that it was real. Yeah, it reinforces the idea that it's real. And then you can maybe ask the question is like, well, is that the reason why the alternative media has picked up on that as uh, as has having a lot of explanatory power and something that needs an, an issue that needs to be focused in on when we're talking about this stuff? Is it is that indicative of some sort of uh, coordination and gatekeeping? I I tend to think so, whether it's conscious by everybody involved, like like a James Corbett example. I, I you know, he, he says a lot of good stuff. He brings up a lot of good points. He goes into a lot of stuff that like even like a lot of the alternative media doesn't touch on. So like I'm not bashing him or bashing anybody else because I, I, uh, I do believe that there's like people out there that um, are, you know, honest investigators, but they can pick up on things that are put out into the alternative media and sort of run with them without even really examining the underlying premise. You see what I mean? Like it, I I think that's a lot of, a lot of what goes on. I, 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 you know, but then again, too, I don't like try to spend a lot of time and effort trying to like, uh, Oh, well, you know, so-and-so is a shill or so-and-so is controlled opposition or, 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 or that sort of thing. So, cause you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you can really know unless it's somebody like Alex Jones or somebody like uh, Michael Savage or, or people like that, that are, that are just all over the board and they can flip and, and, and turn well, on a dime and, and, and it's, it's interesting. You brought, it's interesting. You brought that up. Cause I was thinking about something like the way that uh, Jones let Donald Trump say that about, you know, bin Laden, you know, being the one who brought down the towers he just yeah. kind of let that, let that, to put it in the parlance of Jones, and this will, you know, prove to any new listeners uh, that Chris and I were uh, Alex Jones listener for a long time. He said he just kind of let that one go, like, uh, like a, you know, what in church. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's that's what he did. He just kind of like breathed breathed over the fact that you know Donald Trump just got done saying that uh, you know. You know when when Bin Laden brought the towers down. You know, right? So, um, if there was someone that we were interviewing on the afternoon commute, and they said something in passing, like, "Well, you know, when you know when all those kids died at Sandy Hook, and and uh, you know Adam Lanza was on psychotropics and all that." That would not get in, I mean, that would not get breezed over with you or I in an interview. Mm, no, no. Uh. Just like you you didn't let uh, Jason Colavito get too far when he wanted to talk about evolution, right? Yeah, it, wasn't like or, you were, it, it wasn't like you were going to let that pass, like, well, oh, okay, so, oh, so what do you mean? About, like, <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you're going to bring that up, but that's not going to be something you're going to be able to talk about just in passing. Wait a minute. Let's, let's discuss this. Let's, but see, I, I realize Donald Trump's a busy man and he probably, you know, he probably doesn't have time uh, for Jones to be questioning him on such, you know, minute issue like that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not like, 
the idea that 9-11 was carried out by Muslim terrorists would have anything to do with like being commander in chief and foreign policy or anything like that. So, yeah, it's I'm being facetious, but yeah, it's uh, a well, of course. Well, well, I mean, Donald, the idea of 9-11 being staged and fake would never come up with Donald Trump because he saw people falling out of the building. Yeah, from four miles away. And uh, so he's probably got the best vision of, uh, I'm, I'm sure, of any presidential candidate. Probably most people in the world see that far, see people jumping out of the towers from four miles away. That's that's, that's essentially <laughs> like bionic vision. I don't know. Like, uh, but, um, yeah, that's what he claims. And then, yeah, I've, I've, I've. I think there's a lot of claims out there by Trump about 9-11 and yeah, and it's just absolutely uh, well outside the, the boundaries of reality. So, I mean, if anybody at this point, anybody that's coming out saying that 9-11 happened, like we were told it happened is an absolute, space case they they're they are completely out of touch with reality there's no other way to 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 put that i mean that that it that is so far out of touch i mean anybody with with um any a slight amount of critical thinking or or the ability to voice such opinions which a politician doesn't you know and that's the thing about it like a politician is merely an actor and a performer and, you know, they're going to they're going to, you know, stay on a script and they're going to stay on on point and they're going to um, and, and their job is to generate, you know, as much mass appeal as they can possibly muster up. And that, that that's about the summation of it. They don't they don't I, I don't believe not a single one of them has any uh, a real solid set of opinions in any way shape or form it's it's just pure pragmatism it's just something that you know they they will say anything and do anything uh that is suitable to the moment and well and we we talked really we talked about that before that these these are not as much as either side of a particular spectrum these people are not ide- ideologues no, I really don't. Not not the high profile ones like a like Obama and uh, Trump and those. I, I don't I don't I don't really think that they're really ideologues at all. I, I and I think they're yeah, like like I said, like it's just purely pragmatic. I think, I think I think Bill Clinton was a really good example of that, where he's just um, yeah, he could just just really um, expertly talk out of both sides of his mouth simultaneously, like and just not even. Uh, it doesn't phase him at all. You know, it's just, uh, and then you kind of look at, you know, some of the stuff that's come out about him, like his, uh, oh yeah, his, you know, he really likes the party. He really likes the cocaine. He likes the hookers. He likes the whole, uh, trappings of all the stuff that kind of ebb and flows around the centers of power. That's what that dude's about. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think he's he's ideologically driven, or anybody like that is. Oh no, like yeah. like so when when the when the right wingers come out and say that Bill Bill Clinton is you know he was a communist back in college and he was 
you know, he was a leftist and Hillary was a leftist. She was a Marxist socialist. These are people who use these things as covers for both sides. Like that that's a cover so that the right wing can point to that and say, look, they're socialists. Look what they were doing back in college. And then it's also a cover for a left winger saying, oh, well, that's that's good. That's great because that's what I like. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, it's just, you know, do people like study, you know, Marxism or study uh, uh, a lot of these isms? Are they are they really true believers in them? I don't really know how, how you could be. I mean, unless you're a, a really gullible type, which are uh, probably more more characteristic of a of like a somebody that's a typical college student or something like that. I think they're just prone to 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 be swayed by that th- those sort of super uh, cursory superficial sloganeering type uh, polemics that are not even not even grounded in reality in any way shape or form. Like if you get into your oh like your thirty your late thirties your forties and you're still you're still spouting that nonsense It's probably because you're a university professor or you have some kind of other investment into the idea. So it's, it's some sort of uh, career uh, incentive to push that kind of nonsense, you know? Well, also like you, like you said, like they study, you know, um, isms and and that type of stuff. You'll see pictures of Bill Clinton at his, um, his offices in Harlem. <laughs> just, yeah. That just cracks me up that his offices are in Harlem because he's the first black, you know, he's the first black president. So he, <laughs> be, being the hucksters, you know, charlatan that he is, he goes and puts his office, his offices in Harlem. Um, he, um, yeah, you see, he's got books, upon books, upon books, all over a shelf, all about the Founding Fathers. Right? Right. So he's got books, upon books. So, you know, whether that's for show or whatever, and he's got his, his, you know, Communist Manifesto hidden away somewhere. Um, You know, whatever he's secret, you know, it's, uh, you know, his, his secret Trotsky manuscripts that he studies. Either way, whatever, whether they're capitalists or socialists, they don't even follow those isms anyway, because these these people are more like like we've discussed in the past. It, it's it's pragmatic. It's like okay, I'm doing whatever it is to keep my job, basically. <laughs> I mean, they're 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 in there just like anybody else is in there at a job because they don't have any real power, anyways. They have zero power. So it'd be like, well, yeah, whatever the boss tells me to do, you know, whatever, um, you know, whatever uh, Jay Rockefeller says uh, for me to do, uh, that's what I'm going to do, you know? Yeah. 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 It's just um, window dressing, you know, it's, it's, yeah, but in reality, no, it's like whatever ideology or principle or something like that, it can be just set aside at, at a whim and there's no, yeah, I don't think there's 
anything really genuinely to any of that when you're dealing with these people that are in the uh, upper management or whatever you want to call it. You, you can first of all, for anybody who who's listening to this and thinking that we're talking a bunch of nonsense or something like that, let me just say one thing, and it's on a very lower level of of what we've discussed in the past. Okay, you could not have a free country and have public schools. You live in a socialist country if you have a public school system. It's automatically a socialist country if you have a public school system. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean. How do you get around that fact? So, yeah. Like you have no choice but to pay for public schools and no matter how bad they are or how bad they fail or then they could put out, you know, oh, well, yeah, we're falling behind the world and blah, 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 and this and that. And yeah, our public schools are a disaster. And, you know, it's all these different statistics about how many, uh, students graduate out of public school and can't read, can't write. And it's like, wow, I mean, holy crap. But yeah, you got to pay for it. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much full blown socialism. I mean, that's how it works, right? I mean, you're, yeah. you're given government services that you absolutely must pay for. And, uh, irregardless of, you know, how, uh, how good they are, whether you want them or what, you know. Yeah, and that's not to say that there aren't ideologically driven people in academia, in the implementation class, in the uh, you know, you know, people who are used in these fake events are ideologically driven, most likely, and so so there are ideologically driven people. Just the people that you see who you know when they get into the House of Representatives or the Senate or or the President or any of those those people are are just gangsters. Yeah, like an example. I mean, okay, so Hillary Clinton and they, they talk about oh her campaign funding and stuff comes from these sources that one would never regard as you know progressive or liberal. But does she refuse that that loot? Absolutely not. But you think, oh, is she so kind of ideologically driven and, and, and concerned with some set core principles or something like that? She would absolutely refuse to take take money from any kind of, you know, organization that's like the opposite of what she supposedly represents. Right. I mean, that wouldn't that, that would. But Chris, but Chris she, she has to play, you know, she has to play politics, just like Ron Paul had to play politics, too. That's why. He would never answer anything about 9/11 straight because he had to play politics. You know, he didn't want to get a bad, uh, he didn't want to get a bad clip shown on Fox News and make him look like crazy man about 9/11, right? Yeah, that's why you can't have any real principles. I mean, like you can have, hold real principles and ideas about stuff, and then constantly be just setting them aside at, at any moment's notice. You know, it's, that, that's not that's not really. That you can't really define having principles like that. I mean, that's not, it's not really having principles. So, I mean, yeah, if, uh, but you know, that's what people have bought into, you know, it's like, well, yeah, they did, they, they, uh, probably believe that, but they can't come out and say it because, yeah, it's, it's, they, they would be laughed out of the room or whatever. It's like, yeah, so what? So 
they can't if if they're not representing themselves who are they representing you know who who are you going to be voting for quote unquote voting i mean that's i mean the whole idea really the the premise that it's based on is actually pretty ridiculous i mean the whole voting thing i mean i mean the fact that you know you get introduced to this character this persona and then it's kind of a, at a run up to a quote unquote election. And then the only information that you gather about this individual is like these sound bites or these political ads or these appearances on these, uh, talk shows or something like that, where they get like 10 minutes to put out some, uh, sloganeering basically, you know, and put out some sound bites and some different talking points. I mean, the whole thing is just absolutely absurd. It really right. is. You, you and Jay, you and Jay uh, talked about this one time after I'd already gotten off the call, but uh, yeah, you guys talked about that about how you're going to vote, vote on some somebody based off of a off of a sign you see on the street, right? It's, it, you know, it says you know it's a this uh, driving down the street and it says Jay Dyer for count for city council, right? Yeah, and you're like. And you're like, oh, that's a, he. He sounds good. Yeah, I like the way that. I like the sound of that name. I like the way that sounds. He's got some nice signs. I'm gonna vote up. I'm gonna vote for the guy with the best sign. Well, why not? I mean, you might as well. You know, I mean, <laughs> really, I mean, you might as well. I mean, that you are not getting a lot of information about any of these quote unquote candidates, you know, how much information are you getting? I mean, if you even go to the trouble of kind of trying to dig up something on their background and look into it, it's like, you know, well, I mean, it, it, it you know, are you going to get a whole lot? Are you going to go have lunch with this person or anything? No, that's not even reasonable to ask that. So it's like, like, okay. So, so what is the goal? You're going to have this guy make important decisions for you and everybody else. And then it, it, and you don't really know this person. I mean, the whole thing is just, just really absurd. I, I don't, I, you I don't know, know what the, what, you know, around about, about, so about, about 2007 before, before Rand Paul was a Senator. Uh-huh. He was, he was on Jones. Okay. Okay. And there was this video that had popped up on YouTube of of um of Ron Paul giving the devil horns. Have you ever seen that video? Yeah, and I've seen him. Yeah, yeah. He just openly giving the devil horns, right? Yeah. And so somebody called into Jones when he had Rand Paul on, and like when we've done those Ron Paul Jones skits in the past, I based some of the some of the dialogue off of that particular phone call that I remember, right? Uh-huh. Where this caller called in and he asked Rand Paul about his dad being part of the Illuminati, right? Which, I mean, it's funny, but it's like, well, actually, I mean, he was basically asking, is he a Freemason, right? Yeah. And Jones comes in and he says, he says, uh, uh, okay, I appreciate your call. Yeah, yeah, caller. Um, I'm actually kind of embarrassed that, you know, somebody would call in and ask about that, right? That, that's what he was saying. And then Rand Paul could uh, find this interview with Rand Paul, and, and um, 
he said, like, Joe, this is what Joan says. This is so hilarious. He said, he said, I don't think he's making a devil sound. I think, like, he, he doesn't he have, like, arthritis in his hands? And when he waves at people, that's what he said. That when he waves at people, his fingers bend and just happen to make the devil horns, right? Yeah. Uh. And I didn't even know about anything like that. You know, he was just saying something like, like, like Ron Paul would, ne- you know, he would never, he's never heard of Freemasonry or, or the Illuminati, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He doesn't know anything about none of that stuff. He's never heard of that ever. And so, uh, but, but that's another thing too, is that, um, I would definitely give Alan Watt credit for hipping me to, because it was something I, I never even thought about before. I was just like, these guys swear oaths and are part of secret organizations that the general public has no privy to any information to those organizations but you're going to vote these people in the office and they've sworn a secret oath to an organization that supersedes the oaths that they allegedly take to the alleged government. Yeah. They swear like blood oaths, like oaths that they, if they divulge the secrets or go against the organization or whatever, that they agree to be murdered. I mean, that's what they say in the in the oath. I mean, you can look yeah. these up online. I've I've I told you before where I went in that public uh, open house at that Masonic Lodge and sat in the lobby, and they and they were giving the I guess entered apprentice oath to uh, a cop in full uniform, and I could overhear uh, a lot of it, and uh, I was like, man, are you? You gotta be kidding me. They're just like doing this right out in the open. And it was like, yeah, it's a blood oath. Said something about getting buried up to, into his neck in the sand for the high tide, getting his entrails taken out and hung, strung up by his in- There's some just absolutely crazy, outrageous stuff. But yeah, Ron Paul does that. Yeah. So, I mean, shouldn't people feel betrayed, you know, if they were to put all of their emotional identity into someone like Ron Paul when they're voting and then come to find out that he's a Freemason and that his campaign has gone to great lengths to suppress the fact that he is one and not talk about it, even though people looked into it and found out that it was true. Like yourself, uh, when you called his campaign or when you called the Eastern star lodge and verified that his wife was an Eastern star member, yeah, and yeah. the qualifications to be an Eastern Star is that you have uh, your husband is uh, in Freemasonry. That's the only way that you can qualify to be an Eastern Star. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's you know, but but when people find out these things, they make excuses for it as well. Like you'll hear Jones make excuse make excuses, just like he's making excuses for Donald Trump and. And it's interesting, too, and and I think a lot of this is important to talk about because, like I was saying, this stuff carries out into into the people that we have to interact with in in our lives, and they think all this stuff is real and that it makes a difference and that 
and then that actually manifests itself into real stuff where like, yeah. you know, oh, I, I got to be scared of the terror. So when your local town starts having, you know, checkpoints with cops everywhere because they're on the look for real terrorists, then they're going to pull you over when you got a taillight out and they're going to say, out of the car, buddy, terrorism. Yeah. Well, none of this, uh, I mean, this terrorism is absolutely contrived and phony. Uh, well, politics is too. And, and, and the thing about it too, is like people will say, well, you know, I still vote or I still, it's like, well, you are making, you are, you are, you are taking your, you know, by your behavior, you're making voting a thing. Otherwise, it's not a thing. If people don't participate in it or give it any any of their attention at all, it's not a thing. I mean, it's but you're you're basically manifesting it into reality. This this concept or this politic or and and lending it validity by doing that. So yeah, I think it's like really important not to participate in uh, like voting because you have to like. You know, they're not holding a gun to your head like they are most of the time. You know, it's like you can voluntarily opt out. And, uh, but, you know, you can't opt out of taxes. You can't opt out of anything else. I mean, you're absolutely forced to participate. So, like, uh, why would you go and voluntarily lend your time and effort to something that's uh, any other time you're forced to participate? Does that make any sense? I don't think that makes any sense. No, and you know, like like you and I, we we like to listen to No Agenda because they're funny and they play really great clips. And um, I, I genuinely enjoy uh, Adam Curry and John Dvorak's humor. They are funny guys. Um, I almost I disagree with them on almost every single thing that they talk about, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because me too. Because they they talk about voting the bums out, um, they make a point to emphasize. Like it's so hilarious. I think Tim Tim had something posted up the other day on Fakeologist where uh, he was you know pointing out that uh, it's a hoax, but we can't call it a hoax, right? Uh-huh. And it was like it was some clips from No Agenda where they're basically laying out the ground like, hey, this is this is a staged fake event over here in San Bernardino, but it's not a hoax and there's no crisis actors, right? Yeah, I mean, but even they say stuff that's suggestive of it being a hoax at the same time, which is interesting. Yeah, Dvorak even more so than. Curry, and you pointed that out before, because back in, like, when they first started the show, it was actually the other way around. Um, yeah, but Dvorak will just, he, he often says it's a scam. It's a scam. He'll say it's a scam instead of a hoax. Um, but, yeah, they they also push the idea that, you know, they'll play a clip of some senator talking something that's total you know, nonsense. And then they'll say, you need, you know, he's from Alabama. You need to vote that guy out. People in Alabama, vote him out. And I'm always laughing when they're saying that. I'm like going, vote him out 
for the other person who's going to come in and do a better job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't understand that. How do you just go ahead and just completely depart from logic and reason like that into just absolute la la land, which is what that is. I, I don't. Uh, yeah, if if voting was going to do anything, then you know it's it's. What okay, so you got oh well, yeah, people are pretty much divided up amongst you know leftist ideas, so called, and then right wing ideas, and so what it's just this seesaw back and forth where oh, we we'll vote them out, and then the next time the Democrats going to vote their bomb in, and we vote that bomb out, and they'll vote our bomb in, or we vote our bomb in, and they vote our bomb out, and it's just yeah, just. It, it, it's it's just this endless, like a uh, Mobius strip or whatever. It's just uh, it, it, it's like the infinite loop that just loops and loops, and it never resolves to anything. It's just it's just constant uh, back back to one track, back to the other, back around the bend, back to where you started. It's just it's, it's also it's also interesting too that that. That you can, you know, there's, there's still like people, unfortunately, because their emotions and their, you know, their ideas are tied into their way of life, right? Because their their way of life and their standard of living uh, depends on, you know, what laws are in their local area and taxes and all that. Taxes more so than anything in the world, basically. Because uh-huh. that's the one that's the one thing that, you know, when the boots hit the ground is the thing that can screw you up financially. And so their livelihood depends on this idea that the president and the House of Representatives and the Senate that they are gonna, you know, either make or break your living standard, right? Right, right. That that is heavily okay, so, promoted, yeah. Yes. And so so on top, so everybody gets excited every four years because you can come back every four years with, um, you know, a- after after an election or after a president is in for a while, you're like, okay, this guy's no good. You know, he's just as bad as the last guy. He's doing, you know, more war, more spending, more, you know, you know, more of the same, right? Mm-hmm. And then the 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 after four years, you forget that you were conned, and you're ready to do it all over again and get and get excited again. People like get excited about like talking about you know the like the election. Like some like you know, there's people at work who will ask me every once in a while, like, well, what do you think about what Trump says or, or Bernie Sanders? And I'm like, I have no idea. Not paying any attention. I'm you know, not interested. But but people get jazzed up because they can get sold on another person again who's going to change the world. Well, yeah, I I, I it, it is uh, something about that. Um, well, I guess they have the congressional or the House of Representatives every kind of in between the presidential. But everybody, for some reason, gets all hopped up over the presidential election like that's really something you know uh not not so much with the uh 
so-called midterm elections or whatever you want to call them, but you don't even hear that much about it. You know, it just kind of comes and goes. But the, yeah, the president, the president. And yeah, it's really idolatry is what it is. I think that's the best way to describe it. It's, 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 yeah, this. Keep, keep this, talking, uh, Chris. I, I got to do something real quick. Okay. Uh, yeah, idolatry. It's like a, you know, to, to, and actually to, to kind of, pin your hopes on on some person that you've never met that's that's really it's bizarre i you know i i, I yeah i always want to like keep emphasizing that because you know th- these these people are total strangers to you you don't know who they are they just like um i think obama is a pretty good example he just kind of materializes out of thin air basically and then it's like oh well, what did what is he known for? And he's like, oh, he was some kind of obscure senator for a brief period of time. And he's not even really known for any kind of legislation that he got passed or anything. I don't think he's even, he's, he's not even, doesn't he have any noticeable business acumen, anything just, Oh yeah. He's some politician with like real limited experience, but he gave a good speech one time and, like he he's really eloquent, and it's like, oh yeah, I want him to be president. Yeah, and he's photogenic and talks talking and, and walks the walk, and yeah, yeah, that's presidential material. It's like so vapid, shallow, uh, nonsensical. I mean, there's nothing to it. It's just it's just a, I absolutely it's some sort of uh, production. It's it's theater. It's it's like. But, you know, we're so conditioned to respond to those, you know, cues and triggers and and uh, slogans and uh, I- images because you never see this person with your own eyes. You only see him, uh, his, his pixelated representation through the screen. Um, so it's like this sort of phantom, a ghost. Yeah, it's it's, it's a real good. Uh, picture I did, Greg Passmore sent me uh, the religion, separation of church and state, police, you know, get, 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 get out of here with that. Cause yeah, it's, it's just showing you like the Vatican and the congressional building and then uh, uh, a, a judge and a priest and then Obama and the Pope. And then, and it's like, wow, it really looks very, very similar, doesn't it? And, uh, so yeah, that's what you're, you're engaging in a ritual when you vote too. It's a ritualistic practice that you're voting for this, like what essentially amounts to a phantom. It's sort of, it's this persona. Like it's, it's not, it doesn't exist in concrete reality. You have these opinions formulated to them through this thing called the media and you don't even know who those people are. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, what do you think about that, John? It's just it's just a, a ritual. It's like a religious ritual practice. Well, well yeah, you, you've you've uh, you've been good at uh, talking about this in the past, and you actually hit me to the idea of government itself is a religion. Yeah, absolutely. Right, just like uh, science is a religion as well, and so 
yeah, it's it's not unheard of that when you go to vote, and I think you've talked about that before in the past, that when you go to vote, you're participating in a religious ritual. And you've got all your saints, you've got your Thomas Jefferson, your George Washington, your uh, John Adams. Uh, Ronald, you got all Reagan. Your, Ronald Reagan, um, John F. Kennedy, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Um, you've got all your saints that you can all refer back to. This saint said one thing, you know, Saint Saint Christopher said this, or you know, Saint Augustine, and all all them folks. And then it's the same thing with the presidents too. That was the other funny thing in that Jones interview is when he was saying how Ronald Reagan was the greatest modern day president. Yeah, Trump Trump brought that up, and then Alex Jones was like, uh, "Yeah, he concurred." He's like, "Yeah, Ronald Reagan was great," and I, I'm like, "Okay, even on a level one uh, way of thinking there." Uh, it's been pointed out by numerous John Birch Society publications that Ronald Reagan uh, put all trilateral and CFR members in, like, at the drop of a hat the second he got in. Yeah, and didn't <laughs> he pass gun control legislation, too, that was, like, uh, pretty extreme for that, that time? And he, and he uh, gave amnesty to all the illegal aliens. Yeah, and at the same time, cut a lot of like uh, psychiatric care for people and turned a bunch of people out on the street out of like different institutions, like really oh, yeah. uh, people that were really bad off. So he he created the homeless issue, just single-handedly yeah. with a swipe of the pen, just created the big homeless issue. But that was an agenda-driven thing, absolutely, you know. Yeah, so I I wasn't saying like uh, giving amnesty to the illegal aliens was a bad thing from my perspective. I was saying uh, from the perspective of a hardcore conservative who loves Reagan so much. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's the exact opposite of what. uh, Yeah, come on. I mean, you got to just. It's just so incredibly uh, just out of sync with reality it's just it's it's, it's absolutely ins- it's really just insane i don't know whether how else to put it it's just it's it's absolutely <laughs> all this you know the politics stuff it's just so ridiculous i you know but you know see now reagan if you want to know why reagan is so popular go up on youtube and pull up one of his speeches that's all you need to know man he like he he could really deliver a moving speech and you know he was an actor too and 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 that certainly factors into it so he's able to carry over that persona and to really give it you know it's 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 emphasis you know but i think any president is sort of a natural born actor because of their sort of core nature you know but uh you know either psychopath or whatever you want to call it yeah, the one thing that you can know about a president is he doesn't do jack squat. Uh, Kennedy, they said he had like every weekend off and he hung out at what, Kenny Bunkboard or whatever. Or actually, I think he hung out at the, he, he had like a, like a. Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard, right, right, right. Um, yeah, Kenny Bunkboard is the bushes. Yeah, yeah, Martha's Vineyard is the other. Uh, 
sweet hangout spot, I guess. But yeah, every see, weekend, every weekend, yeah. Yeah. See these these guys, these people. Once they get into their power position, they are a rubber stamp for stuff that gets, you know, most, I'd say for the most part in when, when, you know, you're in, you're a Senator or your house representative, you're in Washington, that is all corporate rubber stamping. Oh yeah. That's like, that's like deals that are worked out between corporations and, you know, what, uh, you know, what, um, regulations are going to be put on certain things and that type of, or, or, you know, not be put on certain things. And, um, oh, oh, we got some, got some fire engines coming here. Oh, wow. Chips. You know what that is, John? I don't recognize it. Chips. Oh, chips, yeah. That, uh, what is that? Down, 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 down. Yeah, that. Punch it's, like a, it's like a synthesizer. Yeah. Yeah, that, oh, that, yeah. That a, the way it starts that out. Is a, yeah, that is a great theme song. We need to end with the Chips theme song. Yeah, that's good. I think I think that's a appropriate. That classifies that, that classifies as a badass theme song. Yeah, it really does. I mean, you gotta you gotta hand it to that early. You gotta hand it that seventies era television show theme music genre, or if that's a genre, I don't know. But yeah, dig it. So. Oh yeah, Mike the Mike the Mike Post and the Jan Hammers. The, the Mike Mike Post was the guy who wrote uh, Magnum PI and the Rockford Files and, and the A Team. I mean, that guy's a genius. Oh, that's quite a resume. There. <laughs> that is. I mean, that's impressive. You want you want to talk about you want to talk about three badass theme songs right there? Rockford Files, A Team, and Magnum. I mean, that's yeah, uh, yeah. That guy that guy probably got chicks. <laughs> Oh, well. No, not no. Probably to it. <laughs> what, what do you what do you what do you do for a living? You ever watch Magnum PI? Yeah, yeah. I wrote the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. hard to. That would be hard to beat. I'll tell you what. That guy's done more in his life. Than anybody who got elected in the in the office. Yeah. Oh, you know that. Well, I've been just re- I was just reading stuff. I've read it off on one of the calls before about the the president's vacation time, and they said like, but George W. I mean George Junior. The George W. Um, he I think was off work on vacation if they add up all the days he was like out, you know, golfing or hanging out at the ranch or whatever, um, it was like 
he was out of office like a third of his entire presidency. <laughs> right, and you've also correctly pointed out that a CEO of a company. Okay, I'll, I'll just I'll just give you an example. At my job, the two guys the two guys who run the place they're there every day. Oh yeah. Well, they I don't was take. They don't too. That if you're they don't like take, a, they don't they don't take vacations very often. No man, if you're a manager of a of a CVS, you don't get you don't get weekends off. You don't. Them dudes are working, man. I mean, they they're on call and stuff. You know, they'd be like called in to work. Like they'd be like off and then get called in on holiday. You just like all the time. You know. Yeah, I I remember the last time my boss he was he was gone for like he was gone for like three days, and then like one day he he was on his vacation and he came in to work and like you know he came in to work like shorts and tennis shoes to do to do something for like an hour and then he went back on his vacation. <laughs> yeah. And you don't you don't see uh, Obama getting off the, running off the golf course or the basketball court uh, with Obama um, or the golf course. You don't see those guys running in with the golf cleats into the Oval, Oval Office to make a split decision real quick. I've actually never seen that, and I've actually never seen them like stop what they're doing and then like have like office aides and stuff maybe come out onto the golf course and say, Mr. President, we need your I've never seen anything like that. Have you? I don't that I can recall. The only thing that I saw interrupted ever was my, the reading of my pet goat. Yeah, and even then he was just like still kicking back in his chair. He's like, oh what's that you say? Oh okay. And then just well, just still sits there. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, like, <laughs> no, it's like, what, is, what, what did he do anyway? Oh yeah. We need to, what wouldn't already have been if it was a real, which absolutely wasn't real, but if it would have been real, what would have really happened? Well, all the contingencies that were already would have been in place because either they are, or they aren't right. Which obviously they are. I mean, they would be just automatically. You wouldn't have to get any kind of directive from a president anyway. No, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like you, you know, it's. I mean, Mr. President, we are moving you to Iron Mountain now. Right? That's they would have snatched <laughs> his ass up, and then because that's what they do right allegedly the secret service they would say okay yeah we need to get the president out of here now whatever you know come on it's just i i yeah it, it just it's absolutely nonsensical to think that the president actually does anything you know right or but, or or if you're a secret service agent what you do is you take a bullet in the head for, for you know, for the president, like James Brady. Yeah. Was he – he wasn't a Secret Service. He was uh, some kind of uh, aide or something. Oh, he's an aide. That's right. Yeah. Didn't, didn't a Secret Service guy get, quote, unquote, shot too? I don't know if the, any Secret Service got shot. It's only like 
Brady and the president, right? Maybe it's, I don't know if they, what they claim, but, uh, I can't remember. I think There's the whole no... thing was phony baloney because you don't get, you don't generally survive getting shot in the head. And then, so they have him as sort of the poster boy for gun control. And then after they, uh, roll out that ridiculous Gabby Giffords chick that's, you know, totally, obviously totally faking, uh, being it's, shot. It's in Intergenerational head wound victims. Yeah, passing the baton. And then they did that, like, one of the final interviews with him, and it was just so (laughs) ridiculous, man. I mean, and then they have he has no no speech impediment. Did you see that? Yeah, you posted that video, and then, like, he has no speech impediment anymore. Yeah, his speech impediment comes and goes. Like, he can speak perfectly clear, plain English on one interview, and then another interview, he's, like, all smacked up. Like, he's just, oh, and this and that, and he kids, what was I saying? And then, so, yeah, he's he was really loose with his acting. And, um, but, yeah, did he, did he... Did he need to be uh, have it all 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 squared away? And it's like no. It's like who's going to doubt that the dude is uh, headshot victim because he's in a, he's in a wheelchair every time you see him, right? Because whatever public appearances he happens to make on whatever occasion. The rest of the time, do you know what he's doing? Do you know if he's walking? Do you know what he's doing? No, you don't. <laughs> but uh, uh yeah did he get shot in the head i don't think so i really don't think so why you know why would it be so out of the ordinary to to take ronald reagan aside and say okay ronnie this is going to be the biggest role of your career okay make it look real it's for a good cause Oh, yeah. See, John, that is absolutely preposterous to suggest that the Gipper would do something that outrageous. But uh, now, now, did you say the Giffords or the Gipper? Huh? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about that? Did we bring that up before? I think did we? The similarities of the nicknames. The get. Uh, no, that's not our nickname, sir. Alleged real last name, but yeah, the Gifford, the Gipper, and the Giffords, and the and the uh, and the Brady, and then she being the uh, uh, the next generation uh, gun control poster child, headshot wound victim of a crazed shooter, and then yeah, you look at the uh, three names again. Yeah, with the three names and the, uh, and then the cameraman, I think is important to point out that either that dude was like a seasoned combat journalist or he was completely doped out of his gourd or whatever. But yeah, he doesn't <laughs> flinch. He just stands there and films 
when the shooter was fully like five feet away from him, just like blasting everybody and everything in sight. And he just maintains a military bearing to the very bitter end and doesn't freak out, doesn't drop the camera, doesn't even show any visible signs of the cameraman being uh, taking any kind of cover or anything. He just like, just, oh yeah, just rock steady there, man. Just get it, get it all in, get it all on, on film. It's like, okay, wait a minute. That makes no sense. Yes. He's got like bullets literally flying, buzzing past his head. And he's just yes. steadily filming it, getting getting it all on film. Yet when you try to look at like other footage of planes hitting 9-11, nobody can keep the camera still for a second. Yeah, or any other <laughs> situation or circumstances where like you have wild gunfire. It's like, yeah, the camera goes completely... Uh, ballistic and then it go like everybody else would be is like you'd be okay first you crap your pants and then you try to go you know it's just yeah it's life or death it's flight or fight or flight and 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 anybody who just completely overrides that impulse is either like you know like i said either they're completely robotic for some reason either drug-induced or or whatever, or uh, maybe the thing was fake and staged. I, I I think I prefer the latter. Makes more sense. They probably had a sleeper MK Ultra cameraman. That is a good explanation. I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the and... cameraman was it. Everybody else was just really crazy, but the cameraman he was the only one that's actually MK Ultra to film it. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 gave the cameraman the 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 phone call at the pay at the payphone. You know, it's the '80s, so they had the payphone. He got the phone call. He went into his MK Ultra trance, and he was able to hold the camera still while the MK Ultra shooter shot Reagan. That's that's it. Oh, funny you say that because have uh, you ever seen that film that came out? It was from the '70s, Telephone. F-O-N-E, telephone, I think that's how it's spelled. And that's that's the plot. Like, so you get you get a call on, like, the payphone or whatever, and then you go, uh, yeah, you're just a MK Ultra trooper from that point forward, and you carry out your orders, and then that's that's the main plot line of the, the film. Interesting. That's awesome. That's what's hap- that's what's been happening this whole time, Chris. You didn't even know it. <laughs> well, uh, well. On that note, I'm going to uh, break your uh, trance and say I'm pulling into my driveway. All right. Whatever, man. whatever, whatever it was you were doing before, go back to doing that. You will have no memory of this conversation. Yeah. Although don't although don't forget to post it on the blog. Right. Yeah, I'll do that, <laughs> and then uh, as per directive, uh, MK Ultra. Uh, never forget to post, and uh, yeah, pulling in the driveway. That's towed to uh, resume normal slave functions. That's right. And your name is Chris Lee Kendall. Chris Lee, Kendall, Chapman.
Right. So, okay. So when I, all right, man, we'll wrap it up and I'll go back to finishing reading Catcher in the Rye. And... <laughs> That's right. Go, you're going to read Catcher in the Rye after you watch Wizard of Oz and listen to Dark Side of the Moon. So. Yeah. Go about, go about your business. And then, uh, wait for the, uh, Queen of Hearts to appear. Yes. In a deck of playing cards. That's right. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. For, I'm, I'm a, you're going to listen to Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit. Right. One of those. <laughs> Any of those. Or all the other Any. ones. All right, all right dude. Man. Talk to you later. All right. Have a good one. Talk to you later. You too. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.